Kiwis are jetting away overseas again, according to some of our largest travel agents. Whether it's reconnecting families, cruise ship sailings or Disneyland trips, demand is up across the board. And if social media feeds are anything to go by, plenty of people have swapped the depths of New Zealand winter for Greek beaches, European landmarks and Southeast Asian food adventures. Travel is back and bigger than ever. There are twice the demand for international travel and domestic travel than there was before COVID. We are just doing week after week, month after month of record sales and and that is just a reflection that people are wanting to travel. Kia I'm Tom Kitchen, and today on The Detail, how has the travel industry managed to bounce back after the dark years of the pandemic? And why are so many of us opting to jet overseas? Are we chasing the sun or just making up for lost time? The demand for travel, uh, which came back very strongly when borders opened, just hasn't seemed to have eased at all. Grant Bradley is the aviation writer for the New Zealand Herald. At the start, it was um, very much catching up with friends and relatives uh, who you hadn't seen for uh, two or three years. But as um, as time has gone on, you've seen the uh, that big return of, uh, of leisure travel and also corporate travel. There were fears during the pandemic that business travel might be over, but there's no evidence of that. The corporates are travelling in big numbers again. Is it also a... I want to get somewhere away on holiday. I want to chase the sun. Uh, yes, certainly from New Zealand winter um, this year and or New Zealand summer for that matter. But um, th- this revenge travel uh, is a thing. What do you mean by revenge travel? They call it revenge tourism. <laughs> travel with a vengeance to get back at two years of pandemic. People who were deprived of their annual trip overseas during the pandemic when um, borders were closed taking revenge and getting out there in big numbers. But if you've checked out airfares recently, you might have noticed they're a lot higher than they were before the pandemic. And there just aren't as many flights or airlines as there used to be. Over the last 18 months or so, they've skyrocketed. They've gone through the roof. In the 12 months to March, uh, in New Zealand, anyway, international fares were up uh, around about 17%. In the latest quarter, um, there's some good news for consumers. Uh, They seem to have... uh, come back a little. Uh, So for that three months, down 12%. It's going to be interesting to see whether that's a long-term trend. Uh, What you're seeing with airlines is that uh, they're making record or near record profits. That's as a result of their yields being very strong. And that translates to people paying big airfares. And uh, looking ahead um, with uh, analyst forecasts, there's no sign of that easing. Yeah, well, one example you do have is Air New Zealand. That's right. Um, It'll be a near billion-dollar turnaround for Air New Zealand, so they're looking at a pre-tax profit of around about $580 when they announce their result on August 24th. Um, So that's a spectacular reversal of horrendous losses uh, for a two-year period. Uh, And that's a result of uh, having fewer competitors in the market and being able to uh, charge airfares which are a lot higher than what people were paying uh, in 2019. And why are they able to charge that much? Well, the the demand is there uh, and the supply is short. Uh, Very, very simple economic equation. So by the supply is short, you mean there's just fewer flights available? Yeah, that's right. Um, Well, New Zealand itself uh, has got reduced capacity. They had to um, retire 
a um, number of their big long-haul planes. Their competitors, while they're coming back in numbers now, they haven't been able to spool up uh, as quickly as they'd like to to this market. They're concentrating on other, even more lucrative markets. Um, but they're starting to come back in numbers, and uh, you'll, you'll start to see a lot more competition across the Pacific to the United States, for example, over summer. Mm. And more airlines are getting back on the runway? That's right. Auckland Airport uh, now has um, 23 airlines flying to 39 destinations. That's up 12 airlines and 21 destinations at the at the depths of the pandemic. It's still not um, the 30 plus uh, carriers that they had and in, um, in 2019, but they're getting there. And uh, one important um, feature here is will be the return of Chinese carriers. Uh, so yeah, China Eastern, China Southern. Uh, and um, and Cathay Pacific coming back um, uh, over summer. So that means that uh, flights to China and beyond um, will reduce in price. And yes, the figures certainly show more people are travelling. Stats New Zealand figures show the number of New Zealanders who have travelled overseas in May, for example, doubled to more than 200,000. That's compared to the same month last year. That's still not um, near the numbers that they were travelling before the pandemic, but um, folks have a lot more confidence about going back there into the world. And more people are keen to leave. There's a uh, research agency, Angus and Associates, in, in Wellington that's been tracking data for leisure travel intentions in New Zealand and Australia uh, for the last three years or so. A lot more Kiwis are eyeing overseas trips now than they were earlier in the year. So around about three out of every, every 10 New Zealanders surveyed say they're intending to travel overseas for, for leisure, so have a holiday in the next six months. So yeah, that, that exodus of, of people going away, for, um, you know, whether it's a, for a fly and flop holiday in Fiji or further afield, um, that trend's certainly running strong and will continue. Are there any of these airlines putting on any new, exciting, say, routes uh, around the world? Look, there's a, um, a, an interesting new carrier coming in from Malaysia um, in August, uh, Batik Air. Uh, not well known in New Zealand, and um, that's going to be a really interesting um, study of uh, a, a startup here. Uh, is flying Ka- uh, Kuala Lumpur to Perth and then on to Auckland, using a narrow body Boeing Max aircraft, and that's going to introduce some competition into that Auckland Perth route. This is something here in New Zealand will be frowning at, because this airline will be operating a fairly um, near new plane and uh, offering a brand new product and hopefully lower prices. It was a very, very difficult time. I've been in the industry 25 years and there's no doubt about it that going through COVID was our most difficult period ever. This is Brent Thomas, Chief Operating Officer of House of Travel, New Zealand's largest independent travel agency. He's also the president of TANS, the Travel Agents Association of New Zealand. From our industry point of view, we went from around 5,000 people to around 2,000 people. Um, So we had to lay off over 3,000 people. At House of Travel, we went from 1,200 staff to around 500 staff. And, And simply that's because as an income stream, uh, overnight, we literally went from 100% of revenue to less than 10% of revenue. So, you know, th- there was never an industry in New Zealand who got impacted more so than uh, the travel sector, um, and particularly the outbound sector, because 
domestic travel still continued to some degree, which helped some of the inbound players be able to keep operating. But from an outbound point of view, it literally stopped overnight. Did you have to shut shops or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, House of Travel, we, we went from about 80 stores to 60 stores. So not as many closures as you probably would think. But obviously within those stores, uh, we actually, you know, had to lay off staff, which is terribly hard um, because they're not staff, they're family. Uh, that's the way it feels like in our, in our industry and in House of Travel in particular. And, and so having to lay off 700 staff it was an incredibly difficult period. How did you get through? Like, what was your business? Oh, our business was uh, trying to support uh, local operators, so we did uh, as much domestic as we possibly could. Um, there was still uh, corporate travel happening in and around New Zealand. Uh, there were stores who were obviously uh, repatriating people back from overseas when they could get them through the windows and MIQ, uh, which was obviously incredibly difficult. Um, and then we also had people who took on other roles. So, you know, we were assisting in things like the health line, et cetera. Um, but ultimately it was, you know, to get the business through that period, it was a significant cash burn and, and it just required a lot of capital to keep the staff on. And if you look at the forecast that we did, we were wildly out because we were far too optimistic in terms of uh, the return of the business. But you know, we did get through um, and we were able to retain 500 key staff uh, to get us through on the other side. We're now well over 800 staff and, and it's it's great to be back uh, and, and effectively booming because uh, the travel industry is back well and truly on its feet and New Zealanders are travelling overseas to gain in, in significant numbers. Well, good. Well, tell me about that boom. I mean, how does it compare to pre-pandemic? We're running about 80 to 90% of our customers' numbers but our, our dollar value is greater than 2019, and that is simply because the fears are still slightly higher now than they were in 2019 for some routes. Um, so as I say, some are coming down, but uh, at this stage, the pricing generally is higher in 2023 than it was in 2019. Okay, and where are the most popular destinations? Uh, where do people want to go? So Australia is always going to be our number one destination. 50% of all outbound travel from New Zealand goes to Australia. And then the num next one, of course, is then the islands. And so between the two of them, they account for about 70% of the outbound travel. Oh. And that will always be the case. Why is that? Um, Firstly, you know, getting away from winter, uh, it's an easy travel, you know, three to four hours uh, to those destinations. Um, the pricing is good from that perspective, and it's it's just an ease of travel. So people are getting there in, in significant numbers, and, and we're seeing that come down with uh, greater capacity now into the islands and into Australia. So someone like Qantas now has actually got greater capacity on the Tasman than they had in 2019, which is good. The issue we don't have in, or is that the customer faces, we don't have enough carriers on the Tasman at this stage. Um, we, need, we need more competition to, to get that pricing point, uh, which is ultimately what drives even more demand. But outside of that, the uh, other destinations or things are Europe is, is still very large uh, and people are travelling there in really good numbers for the 23 season. And the US, or North America actually, rather than just the US, is going to be very large in 23-24 because of these eight carriers coming in with this increased capacity with the likes of Delta, American, United Airlines, got Air Canada flying there, got Air Tiki, Nui, Fiji Airways, and then of course Qantas near New Zealand finding it out over the New York route. 
Qantas wants its own slice of the Big Apple market today, starting a new direct flight on a major Air New Zealand route to New York. It marks the first time Qantas has flown from Auckland to an international destination outside Australia in more than 20 years. So a lot of capacity going into North America. Fastest growing segment, though, in the market is cruise. Hi, Mom. Kelly, Rita and I just went on our carnival cruise. Hey, look, that's me there in the middle. And we just really found ourselves, you know? I got over my fear of bubbles. Rita took some time to reflect. We tried new things and new foods. So people are buying more and more cruise um, than ever before. And what may surprise uh, yourself and listeners is people are booking out to 2026 for their cruises now. Wow, if you like okay. me, you hardly know what you're doing in 2023 and some people <laughs> are you know, booking out three years in advance. But yeah, cruise is definitely uh, is, is the fastest growing part of the market and that's because there are one, so many cruise lines, and two, they cater for so many different um, aspects. So whether it be couples or families or intergenerational travel, there's a cruise there for everybody, whether it be a river cruise in Europe or a sea cruise around the Mediterranean or into Alaska. There's just a myriad of choices. So who is travelling? Is it more the business market? Is it families? You know, people want to go in the OA? So our fastest growing part of the market uh, at House of Travel is actually the 25 to 40-year-olds. In fact, it's grown by 40%. So so that's a significant increase in uh, a segment of the market. 40% from when, but sorry? From 2019's numbers. So that's the last time we had a what you'd call a normal year. So we 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 base ourselves off the 2019 um, aspect because um, you can't compare it to 20 to 2022 because they were abnormal years for obvious reasons. I'm at that age group myself. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I think it's they recognise also that you know life is short and you want to go and have all these experiences because you never know what's around the corner. Oh, you're tempting um, me, Brett. You're tempting me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's 220 odd countries in the world. You know, there's a a lot to see out there and uh, oh. you know New Zealand's got a lot to offer but so you know we are still quite an isolated country and there's a lot of other things to go and see and do so so that's one aspect um I think we also see that uh, more mature part of the market also recognize that they've only got you know so much traveling left in them and so they were a little bit more hesitant to travel in 2022 uh coming out of covid but we've seen the increase in bookings for 2023 and particularly going into 2024. So our growth market uh, is going to be the more mature market in the next uh, 12 months as well. So the young ones have come in, they recognise the value that a travel agent brings. The more hesitant or the more conservative people are now booking for their travel because they don't want to miss out. You know, if you're 60 years of age, for argument's sake, you might have 20 to 30 years of good travel left in you. Um, so is that going to be 20 or 30 trips overseas? When you start to break it down like that and you've got a bucket list, you know, you, it's soon, you soon go through those years pretty quickly. So, mm, I mean, are people more chasing the sun? Is it a bit of seasonal affective disorder, you know, or <laughs> is it? Oh, most definitely, yeah. most definitely. I mean, if you look at it, you know, you, you have a week of grey weather and everyone starts to feel a bit depressed and there's nothing like going and, you know, to Fiji, Rarotonga or something and having a 28 degree day and sunny weather, you know, it just makes you feel better. And that's what I say from a health perspective and mental health perspective as well. It's great to go and see the sun. So, yeah, I mean, from an outbound travel point of view, the high season is May through to September, early October when people do travel. Um, however, having said that, uh, 
what we have noticed since the borders opened in uh, February 2022 is that seasonality has gone out the window at the moment. Uh, people are just wanting to get away. And so a uh, place like Fiji, where it might have been slower over the rainy season, actually didn't slow down hardly at all this year. Uh, people just still went to, wanted to get up to Fiji, and so they would go in the summer months. Um, and, and I think that's going to continue for probably another 12 months where people are still in a bit of catch-up mode for their travel and they want to just uh, go in and get their experiences, catch up with family and friends, and they'll just go whenever it suits them rather than worrying about going at a particular time of year. So is it is it pent-up demand, or are you seeing brand new high levels of travelling? The pent-up demand is well and truly behind us. We're now in just business-as-usual type mode, but having said that, the business-as-usual type mode is greater than 2019. So um, we are just doing week after week, month after month of record sales, and and that is just a reflection that people are wanting to travel. Um, And part of that, as I say, was because they now recognise, you know, they've got whatever things on their agenda, on their calendar, and they just want to go and do it. So it's not so much pent-up demand. That was the story of 2022. Uh, This is now just normal demand, but it's at a greater level uh, than we've experienced before. One of the silver linings of the pandemic's abrupt halt to international travel was a massive drop in emissions. Grant Bradley says airlines are acutely aware of this issue. The airline industry, while it's desperate to cut its environmental footprint, it, it gets it. Um, it realises that uh, that's uh, where it's got to be going. The technology hasn't come to the rescue just yet. And so the best hope for long-haul flying is using sustainable aviation fuel, which is made from vegetable oil or sustainably grown crops um, uh, that's refined around the world. But uh, at the moment, it really is literally a, a drop in the ocean in terms of uh, the supply and use on these aircraft, um, something like um, 0.1% of, of flights being run on sustainable aviation fuel. And so uh, the, the, the target of being carbon neutral by 2050 is quite an ambitious one for airlines. Um, they're going to have to work very hard to uh, collaborate with uh, the suppliers of this uh, fuel to produce it in sufficient quantities to power planes which are still reliant on on fossil fuel. The other trend um, that you're seeing is a quite rapid development of alternative um, propulsion sources. So this is um, uh, battery-powered planes uh, and hydrogen technology. Uh, problem with battery planes is that um, They'll always be quite small uh, because the power-to-weight ratio um, using batteries doesn't work in favour of something that has to fly. And hydrogen technology hasn't been developed quite yet. Uh, We're looking at next decade for something like that. And Brent Thomas. From an industry point of view, sustainability is is a key focus for the next uh, coming years. So there is a goal to be neutral in the uh, airline industry by 2050. So they are aligning themselves to the accords that have been done around the world. And some of that is going to be around the efficiencies of the current planes. Um, Secondly, there is a move in, you know, electric planes will come. They will be for short haul, but they will come and that'll make a difference. The blending of biofuels will make a significant impact as well. So airlines are really cognizant of the impact uh, travel does have on the climate and they are doing their bit to make sure that they address that issue. 
over the coming years, and they're investing heavily uh, to make that outcome over the next couple of decades. So you don't feel like we're rushing back to, you know, pre-COVID levels of high emissions right now? Well, I think what we understand is that the airlines are tackling that issue. So so we are travelling in significant numbers around the world, not just out of New Zealand. You know, if you look right across the whole world outside of China, um, the passenger numbers are getting back to or over the 2019 levels. What airlines are doing to address that is, though, to make sure that they've got as efficient aircraft as they possibly can and are certainly uh, investing in research and development to make sure that they can continue to make them as efficient as they possibly can. In the days of COVID restrictions, they're well and truly behind us. Yeah, I mean, there's very few places uh, that have you know COVID issues in terms of uh, requirements, and you know, New Zealand was one of the last countries to come out of the uh, the quarantine situation. So you know, the world had moved on, and you know, by and by the middle of 2021, um, we were probably six to nine months behind a lot of the world in that regards. But you know, we are where we are today, and as I say, uh, people are travelling in, in record numbers and and getting out there and seeing the world again. All right. Look, thank you, Brent. It's probably all we need there. Okay. Excellent. No problem at all. Go and do some bookings from overseas travel because now's the time to do it. (laughs) Maybe I should. Maybe I should. You tempted me there. (laughs) That's it for today. I'm Tom Kitchen. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by William Saunders. Our producers are Sarah Robson, Alexia Russell and Bonnie Harrison. Thanks to Grant Bradley and Brent Thomas. Ma Tewa. 